0: Hey guys, welcome back to the show. In this video, Tamar and I are answering questions that viewers sent in via Instagram. P.S. you can follow us on Instagram if you haven't already, links will be in the show notes. Um, And those questions are ranging from things like how to start a business, how to motivate ourselves to study, how to prioritize conflicting interests, how to deal with procrastination, how to deal with failure, benefits of reading books, how to make money as a student, most worthwhile investments we've ever made, how struggling with mental health and tips for that, most valuable things we've learned in our lives, and our thoughts on drugs to combat hair loss and imposteriority. Syndrome, and the list really goes on. As you might know, if you're an avid listener of this podcast, I am a big fan of life advice, so I love answering questions like these, whereas Taymor is very sceptical of life advice and hates the idea of giving cliched responses to questions like, quote, does hard work lead to success, end quote. Um, he's actually in Malawi this week, so this is a recording that we did as part of a YouTube video, which has not yet been released, uh, as part of the uh, 300,000 subscribers milestone thing, because it's apparently a thing on YouTube that when you hit arbitrary milestones, then you do a question and answer video. So, this is sort of part of that so within this recording you'll hear some references to you know link in the video description and there'll be a video on stuff so that's kind of why that's there but yeah um, without further ado let's get into mine and taymore's attempt to answer various questions relating to life advice i hope you enjoy the show my name is ali i'm a doctor and youtuber i'm Taymor. i'm a data scientist and writer and you're listening to not
1: overthinking the weekly podcast where we think about happiness creativity and the human condition
0: Okay, from Ardil who says, any advices on starting an online business? <laughs> All right, do you wanna take this one? You run a semi-online business. I run a semi-online business. Yeah, I've got some advices on that front. Uh, I'm gonna make a video that breaks this down like properly in depth, but point number one is you should learn how to code. And it's really also helpful if you learn a- the basics of kind of web design, because being able to code and being able to design stuff <coughs> to make it look pretty is an absolute superpower when it comes to starting an online business. Uh, any other general tips? I, I think I might actually disagree with the learning how to code God. thing. okay. Uh, I think nowadays,
1: yeah, I think a, lo- a lot of people think there's a huge barrier entry and starting like an online business. But now there's there's tools that let you do pretty much anything. If you want to start like an e-commerce thing, you don't need to know a single line of code. You can use something like Shopify. Even if you want to make something a bit more custom, there are now actually tools that let you do that without writing code. So don't worry too much about the code thing. I think developing developing design taste is really valuable, like you said, because um, then you can get like really high production value in anything you do. Um, and that that's just like an immediate boost when you're getting started. But I wouldn't worry too much about the code.
0: I want to disagree with that. <laughs> I think the code thing is kind of important because knowing the basics of coding actually opens you up to a lot more business ideas than you would have thought possible. So the mistake that people make when deciding to start an online business is that they think, you know what, I'm gonna sit down with my mates and we're all gonna brainstorm business ideas. But all the common advice in the entrepreneurship world is that this is not the way to get ideas. The way to get ideas is to identify problems in your own life that you can then solve using technology. And just knowing the basics of code just opens your mind up to the realms of possibility, like what's possible to make on the internet. Uh, so, and you know even if you're not gonna be the one to fully custom code your product, it is kind of useful knowing Yeah, how to code. yeah, look, I, I back that. I'm just saying yeah. that if,
1: if you lead by saying, if you want to start an online business, you have to know how to code. I feel like that implies a higher barrier to entry
0: than it actually is. It's actually quite easy setting up an online business. It's hard to make it successful because you have to find the right market and stuff, but, you know, that's that's part of the fun. <coughs> Should we move on? Haby says, how do I motivate myself to study more? You're an expert on study motivation. <laughs> yeah, do, what, I mean, reckon? No, I haven't got a clue. I, I was never particularly good at this. Um... Yeah, literally, no idea. You're Come the... on, there, must, there uh, must be something more. Surely you motivated yourself to some degree to study to some degree, otherwise you wouldn't have gone to the university that you went to. You went to Oxford, by the way. You didn't mention it at the start. Probably embarrassed. How did I motivate I honestly don't know I don't think I was particularly good
1: at studying at university Uh, I think one I think environment actually helps so um, it took me about four years to realise I actually don't work best in my bedroom where I have lots of distractions Uh, it took me about three years to realise that actually going to lectures is more productive for me than thinking I can stay at home in my room and read the lecture notes and do it in half the time that never really works out so yeah just like really basic stuff like figure out you know what environments you work best in and actually do those
0: yeah and we actually have a full like 50 minute podcast every by the way if you don't know we have a podcast together it's called not overthinking you can find it at notoverthinking.com. and so far at the time of this recording we've released like 17 episodes 18 18 18 episodes, episodes. we've been doing this every week for the last 18 weeks and one of our episodes that we'll link in the video description is all about motivation and we discuss in-depth kind of techniques to get motivated but also how to think about motivation and how and kind of not to think about motivation so if you're interested in motivation you should definitely check that one out cheeky plug there is that all right? yeah that cool. was good cool thank you all right next one wandering zephyr says how to balance and prioritise reading books, listening to multiple podcasts, audio, etc. cetera? Ooh, I listen to an awful lot of podcasts. I think I kind of put my podcasts
1: in two categories. There's there's podcasts I listen to sort of for fun and for entertainment. So there's one called uh, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Conan's a really famous uh, American late night talk show host, very funny guy. Um, and those are always really funny. And so I listen to those kind of for fun. Um, but then I also listen to a lot of like businessy, techy kind of podcasts where I'm just trying to glean information. And so for those ones, I listen to it on like 2x speed, you know, skipping the pauses in between using the, the podcast app. Um, so I, I kind of have two different workflows. Um, I should probably do more note taking when listening to podcasts, but.
0: Uh... Yeah, I actually do note taking when listening to podcasts. Uh, so if I'm listening to a podcast and driving in the car, I will tap my AirPods and be like, hey Siri, record a new voice note. And then as I'm driving, I'll record a voice note about the stuff that I listened to in that podcast. Or if it's like a really big point that I'm like, oh my God, I will literally stop the car on the side of the road, open up Evernote and put some notes into that or open up Notion, depending on which app I'm using that particular week. <laughs> to, to, to try out. And equally for re- for reading books and stuff, um, for, when it comes to fiction, I don't read multiple books. I just have one that's ongoing and then I switch to the next one. But at the moment I'm reading about six different nonfiction books. And each night I just think before sleeping and I've got my Kindle in front of me, what do I most feel like reading right now? And then I just kind of read some of that.
1: Yeah, I think uh, one thing that really helped me sort of read more, and we, we've talked about this in the podcast we should check out, uh, is that I stopped thinking that I have to sort of read a book like cover to cover every single word. Um, and so what I'll often do is, especially if it's like a nonfiction kind of businessy book from which I'm trying to get information. I'll sort of skim it, give it like a first pass, skim it and see if it's going to be any good. See which like sections I particularly care about um, and then sort of read those and maybe make notes on them. I, I don't worry too much about like reading cover to cover anymore.
0: Yeah, good point. And we will link that podcast episode as well. It's called something like how do we get into the habit of reading consistently? Yeah. Well, we talk about this for like 40 minutes because I read a lot. You don't read that much <coughs> and we're kind of sharing some thoughts about yeah. the topic. Right. How do you effectively deal with procrastination? Says Akash. Any ideas <laughs> as a chronic procrastinator? Um,
1: there's a, There's a nice movement in certain Twitter spheres at the moment, which is sort of in favor of things like procrastination. But the point is to like guide your procrastination in the right ways. So actually a lot of the things that I'm quite glad I did over the past few years have kind of started out as I had I had something important I was supposed to be doing and I was procrastinating from that and I ended up doing this other thing, which was actually valuable in the end. So I think if you have this sort of uh, this stack of responsibilities, you know, you should be doing number one, you know, you have to do number two at some point, as long as long as the whole stack is roughly valuable, it, it actually doesn't matter too much if you're procrastinating because you're still doing so valuable and i think there is something to be said for doing the things you feel like doing like if you're if you're sort of really forcing yourself to do something then i feel like you're not going to do it to as good a degree as if you were like really into it at the time and so sometimes if you feel like procrastinating think about something useful something valuable you could be procrastinating with and the fact that you actually feel like doing that at that point in time might actually be really good for you
0: yeah that's a really good point uh this is sort of the idea of productive procrastination which which is what i like to refer to it as that you know if i can't be bothered to do some work instead then i will play something on the piano or play something on guitar or browse some web design inspiration and stuff and therefore you know while i'm procrastinating i'm still doing things that add value to my life so yeah yeah okay uh, ahlam says hey guys i just finished university a few months ago but i now want to study data science any tips right, right. well <laughs> 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 That was good. Thank you. <laughs> Tamar was a data scientist. Do you want to, do you want to answer uh, that? Yeah, one? so my first
1: job out of university was as a data scientist. Um, I think I if- think What is a data scientist? Like, what, what do they do? It means a lot of different things nowadays. Essentially, the, ti- uh, the reason this title exists is I think because lots of companies now have lots of data, uh, especially if they're a tech company. You'll have data coming in from, you know, the finance department of you know, money coming in and out of the company. You'll have data coming in about your products and, and so on. Um, and there are helpful things that you can do if you analyze data. Uh, and so for example, at the company I used to work, we were in the property space and we were trying to use data to figure out a way to automatically figure out the value of a house. Um, so you don't need someone to go and visit the house. You just have a bunch of data about the house and boom, this house is worth 500k or whatever. We were trying to do that. And that was one of the things. Um, so that's roughly what a data scientist does. Uh, in terms of actually getting into it, I think as a graduate, it's kind of hard because it's not as developed a field as say software engineering or other kind of roles. And so there's not really many graduate schemes for people um, who've just graduated and want to become data scientists. Uh, I think I think the way I sort of did it was to make sure I had like a solid foundation in the things I needed. So I studied maths at university and I specialized in statistics, uh, which is very in line with the kinds of things you need to do as a data scientist. I also knew how to code, which is really, really important. So I think- Wait, maybe- sorry. <laughs> <What was> that? <laughs> That's right. Continue. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think fa- foundationally, learn Python. That's uh, that's sort of the the lingua franca of uh, of data science. Oh my God. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> cool. um, yeah. Learn Python. Learn the statistics, Sort of like a fa- foundational kind of statistics, so you understand you know pitfalls uh, when when working with data. Uh, to be honest, I got a bit lucky in that I reached out to a startup in London that seemed really cool, um, and they sort of their needs aligned with mine. So try and find a company where you think you're actually interested in working there. Um, and typically, if it's like a smaller startup, they're probably more willing to take a bet on a recent grad than if it's like an established company with very established, like hiring protocols and things like that. Um, that's that's what I'd recommend.
0: So you've told this person that you'd recommend learning Python and learning stats. Yes. I suppose that, that kind of begs the question for most people, how, <coughs> how do I go about learning Python or how do I go about learning stats? Do you have any thoughts on the how to, how to learn stuff front? How to learn stuff front?
1: I think I think the the Python one is more straightforward because you can kind of do, I know, there's I haven't actually done any of this stuff myself so take this with a pinch of salt there, there are sites like Kaggle where you can do data science challenges and so what a lot of people do uh, just to kind of get up to speed and practice their skills is to like do these challenges on Kaggle and then when you apply to jobs and things you can you can say oh you know I've done these like Kaggle challenges I know these kinds of techniques and stuff um, so I think that's a bit more tractable in terms of learning stats I feel like in my case I just studied this stuff for four years and at some point things started to click um, and that was kind of independent of what I was studying at the time so like in four when we were doing some like super theoretical, you know, Bayesian inference stuff then that somehow sheds some light on some like really fundamental things. And I, I sort of developed really good intuition around like really basic stuff. Um, so I, I actually
0: don't know how I'd advise someone to study stats. Okay. Um, fair enough. And if you're kind of stuck at the bit before you've actually even taught yourself Python, um, the thing I was trying to get you to say was just kind of Google it. Because if you want to learn Python, if you want to learn the basics of Python, you would start by Googling it, following some like online course or something. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then you can start doing all this Kaggle stuff. Yeah, once, yeah. Once, once you've learned it. But yeah, I suppose yeah, that was such a given. That... That, yeah, that's a given, yeah, of course. Google Google it. Online courses. These are all really good. All right. Next question. How do you pull yourself up after something doesn't go to plan, like not getting the grades you want for uni or equivalent? So we talked about failures recently. <laughs> we talked about failures recently. So we linked the podcast episode where we talked about this for like an hour as well. Um, any thoughts about how to how to pull yourself up when things don't go according to plan? I don't think this is anything anyone can advise
1: anyone on. I think this is this is I think this is an internal battle that we all face. I mean, two random dudes on YouTube can say do this when something didn't go according to plan and feel this way when something didn't go according to plan, but that, that's That's not actually how it works. No, you're gonna say no. There are. I read all these books, right? I read about Stoicism, and uh, there are actionable things you can do. Maybe there are, (laughs) but I feel like it's mostly an internal battle, and like no one can really give you the answer to this.
0: Okay, fair point. But uh, I agree that it's an internal battle. But I think it's an internal battle of diversifying your identity. So the problem when, so like the reason we feel down about certain things that don't go our way is because a our hopes and expectations are tied up in that thing, but b our identity is in some way tied up in that. Thing like if I tried really 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 hard to get into a particular university and set my whole identity based on the fact that I was going to become an, a medical student at Oxford and then I didn't end up getting in, I would feel absolutely crushed and there's not much anyone can do about that because all of the previous time that's kind of led up to this moment uh, has has set me up for this disappointment. So what most people suggest is that you diversify your identity. Like in an ideal world, our identity would and our sense of self-esteem would wouldn't come from anything external at all. It would purely be internally generated. I have value as a human being. I know I'm going to be fine. But um, that's kind Kind of like the ideal but in in real life we all have our identity tied up in various different things and i find that for me to to kind of hang my identity off various different things rather than just on being the guy with good grades or what i used to be in school that's been really helpful for me which means if any one thing doesn't go my way it means that i've got these other things that i can kind of <laughs> make myself feel good about if that makes sense yeah i i actually back that that's pretty yeah that's, that's pretty, good. pretty good action of advice. it's good isn't it <laughs> <But> anyway anyway <laughs> H.R. the 18th, 17th, XVI 17th. 17th. How has reading books over many years helped help you in any aspect of life? I haven't I haven't read
1: that many books, but I am constantly reading stuff online. And I think over in the long run, you actually do become very clued up on the things that you are reading about. So for example, I read a lot about tech and business and stuff. Um, and I can't point to a single thing that I've read and said, oh, that particular thing was really useful. But just accumulating a wide range of kind of knowledge from reading stuff. It's
0: just, yeah. So it's interesting you say that. So um, one of the kind of new, trends in reading books these days is where you start to think of books as if they're blog posts so there's no kind of um prestige associated with reading a book there's no prestige associated internally with kind of reading it sort of cover to cover as you said but instead you're quite happy to kind of skim it get the lessons you want and then highlight some bits and then leave it um, so i find that helpful and and secondly i've got a video called three books that changed my life <laughs> so in that bit that i mentioned four hour work week by tim ferris uh anything you want by derek Sivers, and show sure your work by austin cleon so i think those are good starting points if you're looking for specific book recommendations I'll chuck in one recommendation on top of that, which is The Courage to be Disliked. Oh,
1: Um, good book. I didn't think I'd get anything. It's quite a clickbaity title. If you just forget about that, then it's really good. Um, I was surprised at how much of an impact just like a couple of the ideas in this one book had on me.
0: Do you have some advice for earning money during school slash university period? (laughs) Hmm. I think that
1: using your summers productively, and uh, the summers are always a good way to earn money, uh, depending on what you want to go into, most people do internships where they make money, um, or get you know summer jobs. Obviously, we're into the whole like online business thing, so I'd highly recommend trying to set up some kind of online business that gets you some kind of passive income. Uh, you've got videos about this, I'm sure.
0: Uh, I don't actually yet, <laughs> but it's, they're, gonna, they're, they're coming soon, so thank you for the, the cheeky plug in advance. Yeah, um, yeah so like for, for earning money during school, I worked at this tutoring agency thing and made a, a thing pounds an hour which was pretty good because i was doing that four hours a week and that was 24 pounds a week six times four 24 right? 24 pounds a week yeah which was 96 pounds a month and i I was like super loaded i felt like super super rich because none of my friends were making 96 quid a month and i was like yeah "Yeah." and then i could kind of pay for my own cinema tickets and stuff like that so when you're starting out and you don't have any extra skills i'd recommend kind of just doing something like tutoring because it's very easy to do and you can use your academic skills if you've got those two to kind of do that um but then quite early on after i taught myself to code i started doing a freelance work for like you know on the internet you can hire out your services to random people on the internet it sounds weird uh, but you know I, I made a few websites I got a few hundred quid that way yeah
1: there's there's uh, a lot of sites we you can do random stuff I remember when I was about I think when we were sort of uh, mid-teenagers we were both really into trying to make a quick buck online rather than doing something actually meaningful and valuable yeah. and so I used to do psychic readings for five bucks a pop oh on Fiverr <laughs> on Fiverr yeah I yeah. think I made about a hundred dollars doing psychic readings online which was a lot of money uh, as a 15-16 year old um, and then yeah design development stuff like he did
0: cool and we can talk more about your psychic reading thing at a later date if you guys are interested leave a comment down below and we'll do another video with tamar where he where he shares the the technique for doing psychic readings for a hundred dollars so the next question is what's been the single most worthwhile investment for your personal development with investment referencing time financial or otherwise It sounds like he's been listening to the tim Ferriss show single most worthwhile investment that's easy kindle getting a kindle has been the single most worthwhile investment of my life except maybe getting the camera because then i started the youtube channel but kindle completely changes the game for reading books it means when you think of a book or when you hear a book recommendation you can immediately buy it it means you can read in bed you can read in the toilet you can read wherever you are you're not distracted by notifications by using the kindle app on your phone and it just it just changes the game and there are actually studies that show that people who use e-readers read about 50 percent more books or something than people who don't use e-readers so kindle is the thing i always recommend let me just double double. so that one followed by that uh
1: i think it's it's the time investment in like learning for me it was specifically learning design and learning how to code but really that's just
0: uh learning how to code
1: (laughs) all right okay <laughs> I don't like it when you tell people you don't need to learn how to code to set up an online business you you, you kind of do it. it really helps anyway continue all right so I think what I'm trying to get at is that exploring your own interests and taking the time to actually learn new things that you're interested in has been very valuable for me I didn't know that tech was a career that existed I didn't know I would end up like trying to do this as a job or anything like that I was sort of exploring my own interests in design and uh, you know making websites and things um, and that happened to lead somewhere quite good so I'm really glad I kind of actually did that when I was in. School school. Um, so I, yeah, I think it's uh, really valuable to kind of cultivate your own interests in things and explore stuff on your own. Uh, I think most of the valuable stuff I've learned has not come from school or university. It's come from like random stuff that I'm just doing on the side for fun. Um, I think that's really valuable.
0: Uh, right. Have you ever struggled with your mental health? If so, how did you cope? <coughs> Thanks. Love your vids. Ooh. That's one for you. <laughs> I haven't.
1: Uh, yeah, there have definitely been periods of my time, ty- uh, periods of my life where I have struggled. I remember in third year of university, there was one particularly dark week. Um, and I don't think anything in particular happened during that week that uh, sort of affected me badly. But I think I was just really depressed for about a week. I don't think I left my room. I was having cereal three meals a day at one point i paid my roommate 10 pounds to go go literally just outside the college and buy me some chips from a kebab van um it, yeah it was a really dark time i think i i think it just sort of wore off maybe i was fortunate in that respect um but i think having a good support network of friends yeah i think one of the realizations i had was that i had you know really good friends who you know loved me unconditionally and, and i thought that was really valuable and that kind of got me out of that phase but Yeah, I always have days like this. What about you?
0: Um, I actually haven't, I've never struggled with my mental health, thankfully. Um, They say it affects one in four of us at some point. So maybe it'll happen at some point, but so far I've been very fortunate. Um, But yeah, if you are struggling with mental health, step number one, see a doctor, because you know, this is like a medical thing. We can do stuff about it. Um, But secondly, our support network is really important. What's the most valuable thing you've learned in your life so far? I don't know how to, this is not a a question that is possible to answer. This is a sort of a question from someone kind of wanting a quick fit. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's good. It's good to ask these sorts of questions because occasionally you get snippets of life advice that you wouldn't otherwise kind of arrive at. One thing that I've uh, been appreciating a lot is that everyone is making it up as they go along and no one has all the answers. This is something that you preach a lot uh, as well. Look,
1: the thing is, you could, you can say this and this is undoubtedly stuff that you would have heard, you know, 15 years ago and you wouldn't have been able to appreciate it at the time. Like, these are things that, sure, you can hear them and and these are all cliches, right? Like you're told all of these cliches from a really young age and at at various points in your life you kind, some of them actually click and you kind of actually understand what they mean and that's not because anyone has told you that thing you know, you you won't hear this on a YouTube video and immediately get what Ali's trying to say here Like, I don't think there's any value in trying to say these things
0: I think there is value in trying to say these things because the objective is not to say something on camera and then 30 seconds later someone's life has changed the objective is to be again yet one of those people that are hammering these cliches home because, and there's another good phrase the secrets of life are hidden behind the world that are hidden behind the word cliche. Like things are cliche for a reason, and eventually, when you get old and you start giving people life advice, you're gonna start reciting these cliches to them and you're gonna be like, ah, oh, but there's, there's so much context tied up in this cliche, and there's so much background knowledge that you just can't get across by saying the phrase. But having said that, I think saying the phrase is still helpful. For example, money doesn't buy happiness. Sure, for some people, it's gonna click fairly early on and they're gonna realize that, oh crap, I've been chasing money and it's actually not been helpful. For a lot of people, they're gonna think, yeah, easy for you to say, you're really rich, and they're gonna try and chase money, and eventually they realize for themselves that it doesn't buy happiness. You know, but there are still some people that the, the, the cliche is still is still helpful to.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. Fair enough. What are your thoughts on finasteride for hair loss?
1: Amazing. <laughs> Just today, I my uh, order of finasteride arrived. I ordered like six six months worth from uh, some simplepharmacy.co.uk or something. Uh, they're not sponsoring this video. You've been using it for longer than me.
0: I've been using it for a few months, but I think there's some weird rules around doctors recommending off-licensed drugs, so I'm not allowed to say anything on the topic. All right. <laughs> so,
1: finasteride right <laughs> uh no i mean I, it seems like it's the only thing it's the only like hair loss thing that's backed by research uh, apparently it works for like 70 percent of men who told you that i think i did uh <laughs> yeah but you're not allowed to say that <laughs> uh, yeah so I, I heard from you know credible sources <laughs> friend of a friend <laughs> friend of a friend uh it's like the only, the only sort of legit hair loss thing the side effects don't seem too bad um don't take my word for it don't take his word for it. You should probably look into this and talk to a doctor. Yes. Does hard work always <laughs> lead to success?
0: How do you feel about that sort of question, Taylor? Again, <laughs>
1: what? There's, there's no valuable answer to be given here. <laughs> I don't th- yeah.
0: I think the answer is, well, it depends how we define success. It depends how we define hard work. And I think if you're doing what you like and the work is fun, then you're inherently successful. Oh, Boom. <laughs> let's move on. If you had a spare £1,000 floating around, what would you do with it together? Um, and let's add the caveat that you're not allowed to just invest it in Bitcoin or stick it in the yes. S&P 500. <laughs> £1,000. Wait, together? We have to do this together? I guess so. Mm. I know what I would do. I would take us on a cruise for like two weeks and mm. I've been reading these things about cruise ships and how that it's like the best place to get work done because everything is sorted out for you. Your bed is made, your food is free, etc, etc. If you find a good deal. It costs maybe £50 a day to actually live on a cruise ship um, for like a two-week period. And you can use that time to just bash out a ton of work. So you can do your coding. I could try and write a book. You know, you can do whatever you want on a cruise ship. And I think that would be a very valuable use of £1,000.
1: Yeah, it also sounds like a novel sort of cultural experience. Like, cruise is kind of weird, right? Like, (laughs) who had this idea? Let's get a massive ship. (laughs) Get people to pay money to sit on this ship on holiday. it's crazy. Um, It would just be cool to experience that. Cool. Uh,
0: Did either of you ever deal with imposter syndrome? And if so, how did you
1: deal with it? I think I had this for a while in like tech stuff um but after yeah just hearing enough about oh god this is gonna make you seem right about something <laughs> yeah <laughs> hearing hearing enough people talk about imposter syndrome and say that you know everyone's making it up it eventually sunk in
0: <laughs> um, it, <laughs> <laughs> damn it
1: um
0: <laughs> Yeah, so I had imposter syndrome big time when I was in my fifth year of university and I was co-directing the, host- the, 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 the clinical school pantomime. And the other co-director, his name was Will, he was like amazing. He was, like, had tons of theater experience, was a really good actor, incredible singer, like had been doing this for, for years and years. And I had zero acting or zero theater experience at all. So he like, knew what he was doing and I had absolutely no idea. And I was, every time we'd have a rehearsal, I was kind of thinking, oh, I bet everyone's thinking that, oh, that's, that's a really crap director. But then very quickly I realized, hang on, no one is thinking about me. Everyone's just worried about themselves. People don't give a toss about what I'm feeling or how I'm coming across. You know, as long as I'm being friendly and happy and doing a reasonably okay job, people are gonna be so tied up in their own in their own selves that no one's thinking about me at all. And I think that, well, uh, once I had that realization, which again came from hearing phrases like, you know, you'll stop caring so much what others think of you when you realize how seldom, seldom they do. And cliches like that, you know, just internalizing that maybe me realize no one cares it's all good and then the imposter syndrome vanished favorite piece of tech released in 2019 i don't think i've bought any new tech in 2019 Who
1: Bought that monitor ah i got yes the new uh apple 4k it's not apple it's lg new <laughs> <The laughs> lg 4k uh monitor it's very nice i don't they haven't made any particularly groundbreaking moves with it um apple have been doing lg kind of uh retina display monitors for a while there's a bunch of other like uh you know retina equivalent monitors from like oh. dell and nec and stuff that are really good it's a nice monitor. It yeah. looks all right.
0: Well, was the iPad Pro released in 2019 or was that 2018? No, that was 2018, 2018. the new one. Um, oh, amazing piece of tech! I'm going to mention this in my next monthly favorites video. But there's this like a uh, massager thing that you like put on your back and you plug it into the wall and then it kind of gives you one of those shiatsu massages. So that's oh, been yeah. My, my back actually really hurts right now. Yeah, this, it's, this it's, is a, it's actually a really awkward sitting it's, position. It's, it's really comfortable <clears> sitting <throat> on the sofa, trying to sit up straight and also sort of leaning forward. You get kind of that lower back pain. Yeah. yeah. They said we have to lean forward. You have to lean forward. The camera. Yeah, that's why we're sitting like this to be more engaging. Otherwise, we kind of be lounging like this and which would more comfortable. <laughs> it would be more comfortable, but then the microphone's not going to pick it. Anyway. All right. Yeah. So I'll, we'll, we'll put affiliate links in the description below for all those things. Uh, what books have influenced you the most? Kind of answer that. You like Courage to be Disliked. I like yeah, those three that I mentioned. we got a video on it. And that brings us to the end all right of this kind of life advice segment of the QA. Thank you very much for watching. Um, we'll put a link over there to some other like uh, life advice sort of videos if you're into that sort of thing. Also, you should check out our podcast at notoverthinking.com. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Castro, Overcast, and all the other podcasts. Wherever you've your podcasts. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And leave a review on the iTunes Store if you're um, if you want to share the podcast or something like that. Thank you for watching. See you later.